straight album. All right. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Facebook Live Q&A as Cindy is over there discussing somewhat with herself about her musical habits. Uh, but we appreciate being invited into that conversation. And to Cindy's aunt, we are making a promise that we are going to get a theme song <laughs> recorded for Cindy and hopefully sung live while perched on your chair. Uh, so big ups to your aunt. See if you can make it happen. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. So we're super excited to have you guys here today. Yesterday was an amazing day for everybody here at Impact Theory. Unfortunately, we can't give very many details, uh, but just know that it was a red letter day. <laughs> I was certainly in an amazing mood. It was incredible. Uh, you're never going to hear me say the words, put things out into the universe, but I will say, tell things to people because you will be shocked what you can make happen when you start telling people what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and then as long, long as you're willing to back it up with a massive, massive, crushing bias towards action, uh, you'll be surprised what you can pull off. So yesterday we moved the ball forward. That is uh, very, very exciting, and hopefully it will come to fruition uh, one day. You never know. Lines in the water, as Michael Strahan says, but lines yesterday we, um, we, we put some serious lines in the water uh, with some pretty exciting bait. So we'll see what comes of it. But yeah, red letter day. Super exciting stuff. Yes. All right. So hopefully we've got some questions to kick us off. Let's get deep. Let's yeah. go fast. So we have a few left over from last session. Um, this one's from IG from Risk Happy. What's the most generous thing someone has ever done for you? My mom and my dad raised me. And I think anybody uh, that had a reasonable upbringing, if that isn't your answer, then you're probably just not thinking through the problem. Uh, and that's funny because I've actually never thought through that before. I've never had somebody ask me that question. But that is the immediate answer. Um, right. The fact that they give so much of themselves to ensure... Uh, that you make it into adulthood. And honestly, I am not sure how children survive uh, childhood. I think that kids take an absurd amount of risks and do just really, really dumb stuff routinely. They don't have a prefrontal cortex that's fully developed. Uh, so the fact that parents have to constantly chase you, watch you, feed you, clothe you, buy things for you, make sure you get educated, uh, point you in the right direction, all that good stuff. Um, incredibly, incredibly generous. I don't think anything even comes close to that. I don't think so either. Like crazy yep um and then this one comes from sean z also from instagram on an episode of iq tony um you and tony were able to discuss the benefits of aligning your happiness to consistent measurable progress so in short happiness equals progress ha yeah. have you been able to find a lot of success with that in your life yeah, that, that was a, a real breakthrough for me um, coming from Tony Robbins' notion that one of the most fundamental building blocks of human happiness is progress. And that's when I really began to think about mastery and gaining mastery and, and how um, the pursuit of mastery really is so fundamental to human happiness. And, and I think it was Ed DC who we had on Inside Quest who talked a lot about um, how humans are an active species. And that became something that I thought a lot about. And, and when people really put their finger on something that is fundamental and really foundational to the human experience, and that's what I'm really responding to in The Power of Myth. I'm rereading it now, mm -hmm. um, you know, something like 17 or 18 years after I read it uh, for the first time. Oh, wow. And it, it really is looking at it through the framework of finding those fundamental foundational things and that really was Joseph Campbell's life work is what are the elemental is what he calls it. What are the elemental beliefs that we have that really span cultures that just seem truly fundamental to the human experience in the way that we're wired. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
being an active species, going in, assessing an area, and then trying to gain mastery or hold dominion over it, I think is something really fundamental and will help people really understand something about themselves, about why we have drive uh, in general, like why we want to go in and get good, why we want to master things, and that uh, because it's so fundamental, when you tap into that, acknowledge that, and act in accordance with it, I think you really can find lasting fulfillment. It isn't momentary happiness, because a lot of times gaining mastery is very painful. It's it's grit, right? It's um, holding interest in something over the long period of time, pushing through mm-hmm. when it gets boring, um, and and you know, having enough interest in that, that you just keep going, keep going. Um, but that, that framework happiness of becoming something, I think is the only thing that really is lasting and equals fulfillment. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So let's kick it off with our first giveaway. So be sure to share this, um, Facebook live and you'll be entered to win a copy of grit. Nice. And uh, yeah, we we're just mentioning that. So, and Angela yeah. Duckworth is somebody we have to get on the show. If I could channel my inner Wyclef, Angela, I know you're watching this. Uh, if you could, <laughs> I love when he does that. I know. Uh, Angela, if you could just hit us up, we're trying to schedule that bad boy. It would be amazing Please. to have you on the show. Um, just utterly, utterly astonished by your book and your research, and and think it's amazing, and would love for you to share that with our audience. Um, I think it's incredibly powerful. And she has such a great story too. Yeah, which I yeah, really yeah. love. Um, now, are you referencing her dad in that? Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? Because when I think about her story, I think about her dad, which is pretty interesting. That's so, how she opens the book. I mean, like, I do remember that part from the, the book, but I also just, like, resonated with the idea of, like, kind of quitting this, like, super high-powered, like, prestigious job to, like, go do something that, like, you truly love. And in that, she, like, had the fortitude to just, like, keep going. And then, like, she dove into, like, her research and just like really answering that calling. So like that kind of like resonated a lot with me. Um, and yeah, I feel like such a space. I like don't remember the part. No, no, you're dad. all over it. And I think that, well, the dad thing maybe was minor, but for some reason really resonated with me. And, and she said growing up that her dad used to say to her all the time, you're no genius. Mm. And I don't think he really understood like what kind of impact that would have on her, which obviously was pretty right. profoundly negative. And she had to claw her way out of that and then ultimately wins the MacArthur Genius Grant. And so it becomes incredibly right. ironic that this this thing that really stuck with her from her childhood was how often her father used to tell her that she wasn't a genius, that she would actually go on to be acknowledged uh, pretty profoundly as a genius uh, is, is funny. Uh, but what you're talking about is also amazing. And, you know, she had a high-powered career at McKenzie, for those that haven't followed her story. Um, high-powered uh, consultant at McKenzie, which is like something that if you're going to be in the consulting game, like that's what you aspire to. Place. Like if you can get to McKenzie, it's a jumping off point for the rest of your career. And she left that to be a middle school teacher in the uh, New York City public school system, oh which, dear Lord, I can only imagine. <laughs> and she realized that that was way harder than what she'd been doing at McKinsey and that, you know, basically gained this profound respect for teachers and how much effort they really have to put into things, um, which is, you know, going back to people who've been incredibly generous. My teachers, you know, that's a, another really big yeah. one that just, it's an inhuman amount of work. Yeah, that's so true. And they don't get thanked often enough. Like, they don't I get even, thanked think about like some of the teachers that I should probably reach out to and thank for like putting me on like different paths and stuff and like just know I love you guys <laughs> yeah no that's awesome but man. yeah okay so this next one comes from Sarah O and she says one of the biggest things that I'm really loving about impact theory is seeing you Tom be more authentically you your personality shines through and I love it 
I find myself always hesitating to be vulnerable like that, even though I really, really want to be. Can you comment on this? Yeah, definitely. So um, vulnerability is is that leap of faith that you take, right? And so for me, being vulnerable came from the belief that over a long enough time period, I can do anything I set my mind to. And once I really believed that, I didn't need validation externally. And once you no longer crave that validation from other people, then you just start being yourself because you're not looking for other people to reflect back your sense of self-worth because you have it internally. And for me, that was just recognizing a truth about human nature, which is understanding myelination, understanding how the brain acquires skills, understanding neuroplasticity, understanding that that is the human condition, is is growth, adaptation, change, um, but it comes from the result of massive effort. And once I understood that the gap between me and people that I admired or that had really accomplished a lot wasn't some innate gift it was a willingness to work. It was a willingness to apply yourself to something. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, it was a willingness to tap into their pain. And if you look at somebody like Elon Musk, he was running away from something in the beginning. I mean, literally fled his family life. And it's not something he talks a lot about. And so I certainly do not pretend to be an expert. But when I look at um, some of the things that have shown up in biographies on him, and and he's talked at least a little bit about himself, is it seems like he had a pretty difficult uh, childhood. His mom has vouched for the fact that he was bullied by other kids and that he had a very difficult relationship with his father. And I think things like that give people something to prove. And I was just writing something, in fact, for you yeah. <laughs> uh, today about that, one of the Instagram or Facebook posts that we were working on. Um, you know, I talk about being uh, motivated by beauty and rage in equal measure and, and what that means. And it means things like that, that, that seeing that all these internal things that you have can actually be really powerful. And yeah. the truth is that I have anger about things and I have frustrations and they're actually an amazing source of energy. And as long as you don't become a servant to them, as long as you're in control and, and understand that it's a source of energy and that you can leverage that energy to ride a wave towards your goals, um, that it can be very, very powerful. And so just all of that coalescing around this notion that at the end of the day, what is separating me uh, from where I want to get is a level of energy and just persistence over time. Um, I didn't need to please anybody else. I just got that about myself and, mm -hmm. and knew that I was willing to put in the work to get there. And so that allows me to just be crazy vulnerable because I'm not looking for anything. Valid. So like, what would be the first step in cultivating something like that? It, so for me, it was learning about the brain and, and, and I really want that to be one of the things that impact theory offers the world is just an understanding of there are just basic things at work here. There's nothing special. And um, something I really want to start reinforcing is what magic is like magic as in I'm going to go see, um, you know, a magician perform on stage, mm -hmm. Chris Angel being my magician of choice. Uh, what's <laughs> up, Chris? Um, what people don't recognize is he's the result of such an absurd amount of effort, time, energy that you're more willing to believe that he defies the laws of physics than you are to believe that he works as hard as he actually does. And that's what I love about being a human is once you understand that that's the only game that you're up against, that the greatest mathematicians of all time are the ones that spent the most time thinking about it. You know, when I think about mm -hmm. um, my boy over in the UK, whose name for whatever reason I'm blanking on right now, um, Stephen Hawking, wow, mm. that he credits many of the breakthroughs that he's had to being robbed of his physical body. And in being robbed of that, all he had left was time to think. And 
Um, because of that, there were no other distractions. There was right. no going out to the pub and getting pissed, as the Brits say. You know, there was <laughs> there was just work. There was just thinking. And so he's he's gone so deep. And and while clearly he's a prodigious um, talent from an intelligence perspective, that isn't why he's been successful. And and that's what I really want people to understand. That may be why he's in the field of physics, uh, but it isn't why he was successful. And why he's successful is because he's done the deep work of really contemplating, thinking about this stuff, and going inside his own mental laboratory and yeah. thinking his way through these problems. And um, one thing that's sort of become fascinating to me about the photos that you choose, and for those of you who don't know, Cindy essentially chooses all the photography that we use. Um, so all the images that you see on Facebook, Instagram, she's picked that stuff. And so I've begun to really ask, like, what? why are you picking some of the photos that you're picking? <laughs> because from a vanity perspective, I think they're atrocious. And I'm like, oh, God. Um, but you often pick ones where I'm in deep work. And I find that really interesting. So there's clearly something that you respond to in seeing me in like lost in what I'm thinking about, which is probably why I'm so horrified by how they look, because I have no sense of what my face looks like. I'm just in that moment. Right. Um, and doing that deep work to me, that that's the game. Yeah, which is kind of the hard part about expressing like the physicality of like the mental transformation is that like often when people are like thinking or like lost in space they're doing a lot in mm -hmm. the background but it kind of looks like you're zoning out but it's kind of trying to like capture those moments and making sure that like people really see what's kind of behind the eyes right not dig it yeah ig question, IG question. Got a question from ig exercise for bringing more so the question is, is there an 80-20 exercise for bringing more gratitude into your life? So I'm not sure I fully understand the question, so let's break it down. So the 80-20 rule, assuming that's what this is referencing, is that 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. Um, mm -hmm. Same is true if you have a client-based business. 80% of your revenue typically comes from 20% of your clients. 80% of your asset comes from 20% of your clients. I mean, that that's the 80-20 rule um, in a nutshell. So is there an 80-20 rule for gratitude? Um, I would just be making it up. Those two things are not in any way, shape, or form associated in my mind. Uh, but gratitude itself as a, an act is incredibly important because you mm -hmm. get what you focus on, right? So right. if you're focusing on gratitude, then you're going to feel more that wonderful feeling of having something wonderful in your life. And if you focus on the negativity, then you're going to have, that will be the stew that you sit in all the time. And, and they're both true, right? There are negative things in your life. There are positive things in your life, but you're going to feel from a chemical standpoint, you're going to wire in your brain um, for the one that you spend the most time focusing on. So if I had to like twist it into an 80, 20 thing, I would say you definitely want to spend at least 80% of your time focusing on things that make you feel good. So like yeah. um, the, the rage and beauty thing. Um, I try to spend the vast majority of my time contemplating and obsessing over the beautiful things in my life. I don't obsess over the negative things, but when the negative energy arises, I ride that wave. Right. Um, so, but I do say in equal measure, so it'd be a bit of a cheat to, to force <laughs> it into the 80-20, but in truth, from a what I obsess over standpoint, what I try to myelinate, uh, I try to myelinate the positivity for sure. Cool. All right. Hopefully that helped answer your question. Um, this next one is from Facebook from John Smith. So listening to Simon Sinek and some of our other guests, they've um, believed that service is very important. What other services um, do you take part in besides making the show? 
Meaning like giving back kind of thing? Yeah, like acts of service, I guess. So, well, one, I, I really hope that Inside Quest, wow, I really hope that what we're doing not only at Inside Quest, but what we're doing here now at Impact Theory is is totally about empowering other people and helping other people. And, you know, that's obviously a big reason why we don't charge for anything that we're doing. Um, but right now, honestly, the the vast majority of my focus is this and the X Prize. And at the X Prize, um, it, it's really about funding the things that are going to be the game-changing future endeavors. And, and they span so many things, it's hard to put in a nutshell, but safe drinking water, um, they're working on an avatar X prize right now, which would allow people to essentially be a doctor in a remote village, you know, somewhere in Africa or whatever, but actually have like a doctor here in the U S do that. They're working on the tricorder X prize, which would allow somebody with a mobile phone to diagnose an illness better than a group of board certified doctors. Uh, the education X prize, which would essentially allow you to hand an iPad to somebody and they would be able to self-teach them, um, self-reading. So through that, there's a lot of stuff. But yeah. um, I'm thinking and engaging at the higher level of being on the board of the X Prize. So those are those are the two really big things. Um, but for me, like my whole life is about that. Like everything that we're doing right now um, is is geared towards helping people with no ask in return. True. And so this next one comes from Dean on Facebook. Um, do you use the carrot or stick um, method to hold yourself accountable, or do you have a personal account accountability partner? Well, my wife is my personal accountability partner. There's no question about that. And, you know, that woman is um, just unbelievable in her ability to keep me focused and uh, keep me pushing towards the things that we're trying to accomplish. And we talk a lot about that stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, from an accountability person standpoint, but then I also just obsess over my goals. I know what they are. I go over them as a part of my morning routine. I go over my execution plan as a part of my morning routine. So every day I'm really, really focusing on exactly what I'm trying to accomplish at like a really high level, a long-term level. Um, you know, I'm thinking 10, 20 years out about what we're trying to accomplish. I have goals that I think will take us 50 years to accomplish. Um, but it all comes down to the tactical today. Like all you have, right? The present is the only thing that exists. Exist, the moment right now. Uh, there is no real future. It's just a, a series of nows. So if you're not boiling everything down to the highly tactical, what am I going to do today? Uh, you're, you're always going to, it's just going to drift off into the future. And it goes back to that book that I read called Einstein's Dreams, where there's two types of people. If you live forever, type one never does anything because there's always time to do it tomorrow. And type two does everything right now because they know that there's actually time to do everything that they've always wanted to do. Um, and I fall into that camp. So it's about that daily action, 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 action. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start run and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. 
If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply You want to re-ask the question so everybody So, um, King King Jace Jace wants to know, awesome name by the way, he wants to know, um, what, what is, what are the best tips for using all of the knowledge that are from the episodes? So so IQ, Impact Theory, no, just not consuming, but actually implementing each and every nugget. Yeah, so that's really going to come down to what your goals are. So every everything, everything, everything in your life has to work backwards from the goal. So that's why it's really hard. We're actually working on some new content. And I'd love leave in the comments what you guys think about this. Um, we're working on a new show called Startup Theory, where we're actually going to walk through the highly tactical um, things you need to do to start a business. And the thing that's difficult for me. Um, is that if I don't know what your business is, the only thing I can do is give you really high-level advice. Okay, mm-hmm. here are the things that apply to everything. But that's really um, a very small percentage of the ultimate things Excuse me. that are going to apply to everything. So it really comes down to what is your business. That will determine the, the highly tactical stuff. So without knowing your goals, it becomes very difficult to tell you precisely what to do. But here are some things that are completely universal. If you are not researching the brain right now today, you are holding yourself back. If you are not learning to control your emotions, you are holding yourself back. If you're not learning to be um, influential, with other human beings, you're holding yourself back. So the tactical of that, and and people often ask me, like, what am I trying to be the best in the world at? And I usually say I want to influence people, but the truth is what I want to do is I want to be the best in the world at understanding um, and, and really controlling the human mind. So, mm-hmm. and I mean that inwardly, right? Pointed inside myself. And so... To me, that is the most profoundly universal thing that you could ever do is is self-development and getting more powerful. Now, how do we define power? Power to me is the ability to close your eyes and envision a world, open your eyes and execute against that to actually bring that world into being. So those are the things that I think that people should be doing. Um, You should be reading every day. Um, You should be acting on the things that you read. So um, for instance, I read a book called The Power of Myth. Uh, the first time I read it again was I said earlier, I think I said 16 or 17 years, yeah. but it must have been less than that because I read it um, after my wife and I were together. So we've been together 16 years. So it's somewhere around the 15 year mark, something like that, okay. um, that I read that book. Uh, yeah. So geez, nobody cares. It was roughly <laughs> that long. 
so weird someone how people get might. tripped up in that. Someone might, because like everybody latches on to different details. Yeah, so. and the thing I'm always worried about is someone's going to be like, hey, you once said it was 17 years, and then later I say it's 15. Uh, so it's in that ballpark a very long time ago. Uh, <laughs> and you know that book really changed my life. And, and from that moment, I have been trying to act upon it. So the first thing that I did from reading The Power of Myth was I ritualistically scarred myself for my wedding. I've talked about that, and I'm sure I'll talk about that more. That was very important to me and has had a lasting impact on my relationship with my wife uh, because it reminded me that I'm a different person the day before I got married and the day after. Uh, Literally, I'm a different person. And so that is important. And then the other thing is impact theory is me finally making good on all the lessons that I learned because that book showed me that there are just these universal myths that speak Mm -hmm. to who people are internally. So when I began to really formulate what the... I don't think a lot about legacy, but what the, the living legacy I want to be of my actions, like what grand thing I'm trying to do to change the world for the better, um, is to end mental generational poverty, right? So I need a better word for that because people think I'm talking about money and I'm very much not. Yeah. But there's a, a poverty of mindset of people who believe that they're limited, that they can't do all the things that they want to do, that they don't have a perspective that is encouraging, that pushes them forward, that talks about the ability to change the brain, change your skill set, develop yourself, grow, and be capable of executing against that. Mm -hmm. Um, So because that's what I want to accomplish, um, or sorry, because that's what I learned from the book The Power of Myth, that mythology is one of the most potent tools that as a a, uh, species that we have, um, and we're not tapping into it anymore. And so I see that largely as my calling is to show people how to use the ever-present stories around us that we tell ourselves, that other people tell us, mm-hmm. that are caught up in popular culture, that drive so much of the um, marketing dollars, that drive the things that we spend money on. In fact, in 2016, the fastest-growing company in America was a company called Loot Crate. And what they do is um, they celebrate geek and comic culture. And so they sell all these things, whether it's T-shirts, whether it's figurines or whatever, um, that are from mythology. And whether that's mythology is comic books, TV shows, movies, but it's all mythology. It's all these elements of mythology. And I want to show people how to use that to really, really powerful effect in their lives. So, um, yeah, that's, that's coming back to, you've got to be executing against the things that you learn. And so when you really step back and look at my life, my life really is me doing all the things that I tell other people to do. Like I'm, I am, I read in a book, something that so profoundly impacted me that I knew I had to act against it at all times, like meaning, uh, execute against it, um, at all times. And, and so literally so many of the steps that I'm taking, um, whether it be as a personal development thing or, or even the trajectory of this company has to do with enacting the things that I read. So um, always be reading, always be executing. Like those are the things you should be doing on a daily basis. Two building blocks. All right. So this one comes from Brian Kim on Facebook. What's your advice on communicating with your business partner? Everything's good. Just, um, yeah, everything's good. Just that we often have different opinions on product line. What can I do to be more vocal about my opinions without disrespecting my partner's ideas? 
Yeah, man. So this is like mm-hmm. partnerships and business are like marriages. And so one thing people really, really, really have to understand is there's no one path to heaven. So there are, I'm sure, a lot of different things that would work to move you guys forward. And you have to get really good at removing your ego from it being your idea that gets selected. And you want to be focused on understanding what your goal is, right? So having very clear goals is like my mantra. Like you've got to know what you're trying to accomplish. And then work your way backwards from that. And being able to identify which of your guys' ideas is more likely to push you towards that. And then there's the yin and yang of being in a relationship, of understanding that sometimes they have to win, sometimes you have to win. um, Just to, if nothing else, to try your idea and see if it works. And a lot of times it's hard to tell which idea is going to move you forward. Um, And you, you guys probably need to just come up with some sort of stated thing that you talk about that's that balancing act. And even if it's as simple as when in doubt and you really aren't sure which is going to move you towards your goals, um, that you go back and forth. Last time we went with your idea, this time we're going to go with my idea. Um, But really making sure that you guys have those conversations and that you come up with rules of engagement. And actually defining your rules of engagement, stating them, writing them down is super, super helpful. Um, And writing down your value system because your value system is maybe the ultimate filter. Um, And at Quest, the first thing you would see when you walked in were the 25 bullet points of the Quest belief system. So doing things like that so that people can really internalize like what that system is so that you know, um, you know, what idea to go with when those are all really, really critical. But like in a relationship, communicate, baby, you got to communicate, got to define terms, got to define rules of engagement. That's smart. That makes a lot of sense. So this one comes from Chris on Facebook. Have you um, continued to practice mental jujitsu? If so, could you teach us or put into a video sometime some of the specific moves that you use? So yeah, so um, most of the mental jujitsu that I play is on myself. Um, it's for instance, if something really upsets you, learning how to ride that wave without becoming a servant to it um, is is really important. Understanding how to master your emotions is super critical. Um, and yeah, I would be very happy to break that stuff down and. Um, put it into maybe a more consumable, more shareable form. I have a question from Shamsi319. What is your micro behavior routine to break out of fear or a hesitation pattern? Um, example, Mel's five second rule for jumping, uh, getting a jump start on your day or having gym clothes staring at you in the morning. So Mel's five second rule may be just far, far superior for a beginner um, than anything that I do. So in, in doing what we're doing now at impact theory and doing the show, I'm realizing that, man, I wish I had encountered some of these people so much earlier in my journey. Cause I could have learned things a lot more easily than I did. Um, the one that just makes me want to bite my own eyes out is Carol Dweck. When we finally had her on the show, mm-hmm. um, I, I was just, I mean, stoked because it exists and it's out in the world and her book is so amazing. But God, if I had read that book back when I was like 21, I could have saved myself. I I would be so much farther ahead now. I just can't begin to tell you how much farther ahead I would be in my life. I can't focus on that because, (laughs) um, but just super, super powerful. The same with grit. Uh, if that had come along a lot earlier and maybe Mel's thing would have helped me a lot. Cause there was a time, um, before Lisa and I got married, but we were living in London and I just really, really struggled to get out of bed. And, um, yeah, it was a super weird time in my life and I wasn't, um, I just, 
and the weird thing is, I, it would be untrue to say I wasn't motivated. Like I was motivated, but I didn't. Yeah. There's just something that like keeps you there. Yeah. I wasn't like, able to throw myself heavy. out of bed. So maybe, maybe Mel's five, four, three, two, one would have really helped me. Um, what I have done and my strategy, um, has always been identity, 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 identity. Who do you want to be? And how would that idealized version of yourself act and then act in accordance with that? So you can tell yourself the story that you are that person. And that's so intoxicating to me to say like I am the person that does this like every time we get onto this topic I see the Michael Jordan flu game and I see myself as I'm I'm fucking Michael Jordan with the flu and I will play through it and I will put on an amazing performance and because I so aspire to that when I get sick I show up because I want to tell myself that story so if when I got sick I like was like guys like stay home don't come like I'm not doing anything like I can't I would look at that with shame Right. So, and that's another reason like impact theory is all about we're ultimately going to be creating not only creating modern mythology that I think is going to be really empowering for people, but creating artifacts that you can have that you can surround yourself with that reinforce that identity in you. Um, because when I see that, it reminds me of who I'm trying to become. Yeah. That's super awesome. That's my strategy. Yeah. Jordan Flew is like super legit. So legit. All right. So, this one comes from Jay on Facebook. Hey, Tom. So I'm currently in a job that's convenient for my family lifestyle, which I respect and I enjoy. This week, my boss has dropped a bombshell and I have a meeting in a few hours where our conversation is going to be about my future at the company um, since it's going to restructure. I'm not ready to leave the matrix just yet. I need to keep this job to pay the bills while I work out what I'm going to do next. And I still feel like I have something to offer the company. What can I do now? All right, man, this is amazing. I love this question. All right. So here is the reality. So if you really want to stay there, then you've got to make them believe that that is the best thing for them. And you've got to lay out exactly the value that you're going to be bringing to the company and why that company is going to do better, be more with you than it will be without you. And here's the really fucking hard news. If you fail to do that, that's on you, not them. We all letting that sink in? Okay. Everything's your fault. So if you haven't made them a believer in your performance up till now, that's on you, which is awesome because it means that you're in control. And if you can't convince them in the room, fantastic. That's on you. That's amazing. You're still in control. And because you're in control, if you feel that you are lacking skills, skills of persuasion, skills of performance, whatever it is, you can now go develop those. Now, I'm a huge believer in change. And I think no matter what happens, if they fire you, if it's horrible, if it's heartbreaking, that you can leverage that to go kick ass and make no mistake. The reason that that will feel so shitty is that you've got to be pushed, man. You've got to be fired out of a cannon to go do something, but you've got to leverage that. You've got to leverage their lack of belief in you or your lack of performance. If you really look at yourself and say, I didn't perform the way that I should have, you need to leverage that to have the energy to get your ass the fuck out of the matrix to realize it is all about skill acquisition, plain and simple, that you can acquire any skill that you want and it's about grit and determination over a long period of time. And you need to set your sights on something and say, I am going to take care of my family. I am going to find a way to pay this mortgage. I am not going to miss a beat. I am not gonna let my emotions slow me down. And that has been something that's worked for me because of what my identity demands of myself. Like, I don't miss a fucking beat. When something bad happens, like, I don't have time for that shit. And you guys have been there enough when some serious shit is shaking down. You've seen how I fucking deal with that. And let me tell you, man, my eyes are forward. 
I am only thinking about what's to come. I am only thinking about what I have to do. I am only thinking about who I am and who I'm trying to become. And that is fucking it. I do not waste a second of my time pissing and moaning about what went wrong. I don't beat myself up over not having performed. I am only focused on moving forward. That is it. And you can't let negativity into your like sense of self. You cannot do that shit. And that's something I need people to understand. When I say that I'm motivated by rage and beauty, I'm not saying rage towards myself. I'm not saying I'm beating myself up. I do not let anything fuck with my sense of self or my confidence. So somebody could kick me in the teeth, tell me I'm a total fucking retard, that I have underperformed, I'm just a bad person, I'm shitty, whatever. Dude, I'm coming hard. Like, I'm moving forward. I believe in myself. I know that I can do. Like, and it, focus on execution. That's it. I'm just focused on execution. So Mm -hmm. if today does not go the way that you think you want it to, you immediately have to say, this is awesome. How is this the best thing that's ever happened to me? Ah, because now it's going to force me out of the matrix. Fantastic. I needed to get out for a long time. I am now out. It's all about execution. I'm going to learn about interviewing, right? Because you're going to have to crush it to get your next job. I'm going to research like what's a killer resume. Like what do I have to do to go in and just blow people away? And you'll get so good at that so fast because you have that terrifying specter of I'm not going to let my family down. And that's what I'm talking about, the negativity. Like let that shit fuel you to go out and do something amazing. But you've got you've to let that fucking energy and that fear become something usable. Absolutely. I could keep going for like 30 minutes on that shit. Yes, Jared, my man, Agent Smith, fucking (laughs) pulling us out of the matrix. So because we know that audiences turn over rapidly, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our Facebook Live and our Instagram Live. Uh, We are answering your questions. We want to know what you guys want to know. We're going to answer them. Um, We were just, I was fucking in a zone on that one uh, because we had um, an impactivist. Yeah. Yeah, right? Impactivist. Like, I hate the word like fan. That's nasty. Impactivist. So we, we had an impactivist who's going through something hard right now. They may be um, losing their job today, and we're reminding them that you control your own life. You control your own destiny. Uh, nobody else. So if you get fired, you got to own it. Um, and then you got to be focused on execution, getting better, figuring out what you need to do next, everything, working backwards Absolutely. from your goals. All right, next question. And we have a weekly we show. A weekly Thank you, show. Agent Smith. This is a weekly show, so be sure to subscribe. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. All right. Okay. Tom, how do you manage your, your time schedule with work, show, business, family? Yep. So, Tom, how do you manage your schedule? So, here's what I want everybody to um, I want you to obsessively repeat this to yourself I am drowning in time. I am drowning, drowning in time. In time. So if you feel like you don't have a lot of time, it is because you are mismanaging your time. You are in control of your time. So what I do, um, first of all, I go to bed at 9 p.m. like that shit is a religion so that I'm not wasting time because I find at the end of your day, no matter when your day ends, at the end of your day, you are least productive. I promise you, it is the way fatigue works. And if you're not tired, then you shouldn't be going to bed. So you go to bed because you're tired. And as you fatigue, you're getting less and less effective at doing what you do. I have a rule, Monday through Friday, I fucking work. If I'm awake, I'm either working out or working, period. 
So from the moment I get out of bed, I head straight to the gym. We all know my morning routine. I won't beat it to death here. I do my morning routine, which I consider work because it's all about optimizing my performance for the day. Uh, I go through my list of the most important things to do. I move them all forward. Um, I make sure that the team is going, that we're doing all the things that we need to do, pushing the business forward, figuring out what are our objectives, all that stuff, push, push, push. And then on the weekends, um, I make sure that I take downtime to recharge, that I take time to spend with my wife to reconnect. Um, and yeah, and then beyond that, I probably work roughly eight hours a day on the weekends, which for me is like super fucking light. Um, and I make sure that I do, um, things that are fun as shit. So, but then I also try to find things that I can learn. Like, um, I can't remember if I actually wrote the article, what I've learned about business by playing first person shooters. I've shot, thought about it so many You've times. thought about it. I don't that know. I feel like I have, it, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. No, I haven't. Jared is, <laughs> nope. is assuring me. He's I have like, not written nope, that. he's been telling me about this article for a yeah. long time and it's still not here. <laughs> um, but so I really enjoy video games, but I make the demand that I leverage that to also learn something. So um, one, I play video games with my wife and my sister, which is amazing. So it's family quality time. And then on top of that, whenever I'm doing anything, I'm always trying to extract some knowledge about human behavior as to why do I like playing this? So I've learned a lot about gamification by playing video games. Um, I use it to practice practicing. So, hey, I suck at sniper rifles, let's say. So how do I get good at that? Mm -hmm. I, it may seem silly, but it's funny how that stuff ends up applying to other things. So I'm trying to optimize everything that I do. I have to walk the dogs, for instance. Um, so while I walk the dogs, I read. And I've learned to take audio notes so that while I'm walking them, my body may be physically doing something, but my mind is so most of the books that that you see me do the reviews not only did i read the book while walking the dogs i probably wrote the vast majority of the book review while walking the dogs so it's what i call transitional moments you need to be optimizing your transitional moments if you're not taking uber now when i take an uber it's a mobile office so yesterday yeah. i had um, a dinner meeting and on the way to the dinner meeting i'm working so it's you know finding ways to ring all that all those little moments out of your life. And here's the thing, you gotta love what you're doing on some level. If you hate your job, then think about leveling up, right? So at least find something within it, skill acquisition, um, learning to have greater influence, facing your fears, like find some way to connect with something that really excites you. And then you have pull through, right? You can't always just be going away from something. There has to be something pulling you through. Like most people I think spend their lives just moving away from being broke and failing their family. Right. And that for yeah. sure, that's there and that that's super powerful. But at the same time, what's pulling you? Like, what's that thing that's really exciting that mm -hmm. you can get amped up about and looking into gamification and understanding that stuff and what does leveling up look like in real life? Um, those are all things like and when I find employees that are like that, that shit is so cool to be around because they're intrinsically motivated. And I love that. And that's why the people that moved um, with us from Quest over to Impact Theory was all people that were self-motivated, all people that had that intrinsic drive. So, man, when you're around people like that, it's just fucking dope because they're, they're not only moving away from, hey, I don't want to fail my family or embarrass myself in front of my parents or my loved ones or fail my kids or whatever, but there's something that they're excited about that pulls them through. So find that. Absolutely. And so this next question comes from Anna on Facebook. So she's an actress and she also owns a theater company. Um, so she's an entrepreneur and I often find it hard to apply the hints that you give, um, with our guests and stuff for, through arts and acting. So how the art market works and the consumers, um, 
art or education. Sorry, it's like scrolling through. Da da da. Well, so, can I already call bullshit? Yeah. So it's like, how does she apply it in the art space? Yeah. So um, keep in mind that essentially half of impact theory is art, right? We're playing in the game of mythology. We're playing in the game of um, fundamental sort of human drivers, which really is what art taps into. And here's what people have to understand about art. There's two types of art. Type one is masturbation. Type two is making love. And in masturbation, you don't have to think about anybody else. You do whatever the hell you want. But I promise you, it's an audience of one. Mm -hmm. So when you get into making love, the difference is you're thinking about the other person. And in the game of art, whether it's theater, whether it's TV, whether it's filmmaking, you've got to be thinking about creating an experience for your audience. And you've got to be thinking about what do I need to do, change, learn about my theater, about the business of running the theater, about the business of dealing with actors and directors and prop masters and getting the best out of them in order to achieve the result that I want, which presumably is to get large audiences to come and be touched and moved and changed, hopefully, in some way by your artistic expression. But when it's making love, like you have to be thinking about the audience. You have to think about what is exciting for them, what moves them. So it is a business. And to me... Any business is making love and you cannot afford masturbation in any of that. You cannot afford to just be thinking about what you find interesting. You've got to be thinking about them. So I think everything that I say applies to that. And the, the irony for me is I know other people look at us and say, you guys are incubating companies and content like they couldn't be more different. They are exactly the same. They are exactly the same. And that's why I have just as much success getting business people excited about what we're doing as I have content creators getting excited about what we're doing. And while I can't tell you exactly who we've been meeting with, I will tell you this. It is one of the largest content creation um, studios on the fucking planet. And we're talking to them about how we might be able to help them and, and explaining to them our whole take on mythology and all of that, which has gotten them very excited about what um, some possibilities are. And whether I'm in that meeting or I'm in a meeting with the medical device company that we're working with, eh, it, it's all the same. It's about understanding the audience and getting them to take action and be changed by what you do. So there, there are definitely differences of the nitty-gritty execution of yeah. a medical device company has different concerns than um, a theater. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with people and your customers are people. And understanding those people, what drives them, what motivates them, um, that's what getting business savvy is. Maybe the only thing that's sort of outside that realm is finance because um, there are just realities to be faced of understanding cash flow and understanding mm -hmm. a PL and all that stuff for sure, for sure. And it is a bit of a different world. Um, but even that is you're the same. Quiet. It's just, yeah, 100%. Cash flow is cash flow, no matter whether you're manufacturing or you're a studio or a theater. Um, so, yeah, find ways. Congrats to Mike Martin. He won a book off of Tom Green. Nice. Nice, nice, Yay. nice. Mike Gordon, congratulations, Congrats. man. May it change your life the way that it changed me. And may you take as much action as I force myself to take. Sweet. All right. So this next one is from John. Um, so, Tom, are there certain things that you do before bed to get yourself um, to make sure that you have a good night's sleep? No. Nope. That's easy. <laughs> I close my eyes. I'm so tired by the end of the day. Like It's like if you're running a race. If in the last half mile you have energy to spare, you just haven't worked hard enough. Mm -hmm. That them's is the truth. Um, so 
I guess that's a little bit of a lie. The one thing I do, I stop drinking um, any liquid about, um, what is it, about four hours before I go to bed? Yeah, about four hours before I go to bed because otherwise I wake up in the middle of the night to pee and I can't fall back asleep because my mind starts racing. Got it. But that's it. That's so interesting. Water management. Huh. Yeah. Um, so next questions, next questions. So, Tom, can you talk a little bit more about the dark side from the Tim Grover interview? Yeah, the dark man, side. Fucking... Oh, and this one comes from David. What's up, Facebook. David? So, uh, I love Tim. Like, have you guys read Relentless? Like, Not that yet. book is like, do you guys remember the, the ice bath challenge, the ALS? Um, yeah, I okay. did one. That's, that's his book. Huh? Like, it is a slap in the face. It is, <laughs> he reaches through the pages grabs you by the throat and says, you're not working hard enough. Simple as. You want to know why you're not great? Because you don't work hard enough, period. You don't want it badly enough. Um, and hey, fine, so be it. I don't, I don't even think Tim cares like whether you want it or not. Like, eh. But the people that he's seen that accomplish the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the Dwayne Wades, like the people that he's worked with that are going to be remembered that are going to be Hall of Fame or already are, are Hall of Fame players, like those guys, they just want it more than you and they work way more than you. They work way more than the other uber elite athletes in their field. They just work and work. Kobe Bryant used to work like seven hours before practice began. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Before practice began, he was working seven hours. That's crazy. So, and, and I say crazy as in, that's crazy inspiring to me. Like, that is amazing. But, and I love that. Don't you guys love that? Like, don't you want that to be true? Don't you want the only thing standing between you and Kobe Bryant is that he works harder than you? Because it's the one thing that you can control, right? I can't control my height. My height is what my height is. Although you have to know something about me. In my head right now, I'm saying I could figure it out if I really wanted to, <laughs> right? But that, I think that's what you ha- how you have to think. Yeah. I choose not to put the effort into figuring out my height. That seems like it would be a lifelong endeavor. Mm -hmm. So rather than spend my time and energy there, I spend my time and energy on other things, practice, practice, practice. Um, But God, I just, I really want people to want me to be right about that because it's so empowering. If really what stands between you and the greats is a lot of hard work, um, that's amazing because you can control it. So yeah, get on that grind. And then I also go back to mastery. It's like you find that thing and you just like keep practicing at it and like getting better and getting better. Can at we go it. down that path for a second? Absolutely. Now, what happens when you get really good? Because people in the NBA, people in the NFL, they're really good. Yeah. They've got mastery. So now what? Now, mm, how do you become Terrell it. Owens? How do you become Michael Jordan? How do you become one of the greatest of all time? I mean, can't speak for all of them but i channel think your like, inner tim grover it's like I, finding it's also finding like new and creative ways and like different pieces that make you curious about it now can like, i give you uh-huh. what tim would say yeah tap into the dark side okay and, and i think he's right i think there you've got to find that like why put yourself through that why the people that that are hell-bent to become one of the greatest of all time there there is a darkness there is what, what we used to call the sickness. Mm-hmm. Batman, right? What drives Batman? Having watched his parents die in front of him. And look, I get it. It's just a story. But can you imagine how that would drive you? To, f- to feel like you let that happen and to have such a... Like when Wookiee went missing, 
Okay. My wife and I have decided not to have kids. And so in some ways I get it to a much lesser degree, but in some ways our dogs are like our kids. So when Wookie went missing, my wife looked at me with those eyes that said, look, I have chosen not to have a child. This is my child. And that's why I was like, I just grabbed her and I said, we will find that dog. Like I'm going to find that dog. And we went hard for that cake. We did. All right. And we found the dog. Now that was the sickness. I, there was no fucking way that I was going to fail. There just was no way. I was not going to allow that to happen. And that was terror and anger and, you know, just having, feeling so moronic that I had let it happen that there was just no way that I could yield or relent or stop or give in. And so at that moment, like fatigue didn't matter, right? Like nothing, money didn't matter. Fatigue didn't matter. Like I was going to make happen the things that had to happen in order to get my daughter back. And that to me, when sustained over a long period of time, like when you can hold on to something like that so that it's not just the beauty, like it would be amazing to win a championship, but that's not enough. Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, you've got to have something driving you so much that you play through the flu, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's why most people don't do it because they just, they aren't able to leverage the dark and the light. And that to me is, you know, Tim, Tim Grover's message is, don't let it control you. Don't let it destroy you. Don't let it strip you down. It can't be, it can't infiltrate you. It cannot become yeah. your personality, but you've got to learn to leverage it. You've got to learn to use the light and the dark. And, and dude, I am such a believer in that, but I, I really need to make sure that people hear me when I say it cannot become your personality. It cannot take over. You cannot be a servant to that. You must leverage it. Because then you're yeah, Darth Vader. Exactly. It's exactly right. And then you turn into Otherwise, that person. 100%. Because like I'm sitting here trying to think about it, and I'm just like, no, 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 you can't. You have to like leverage negative emotions for sure, but you can't let them eat you alive. But here's it. Now let's really get crazy. You can't become a servant to the light either. Yeah. Oh, what because, do we do with that? Because I know everybody at home is like, what the fuck? No, like, you of really course you can't. can't. You can't. No, you can't. Absolutely not. Because like, you know, you have to feel... The entire spectrum of human emotion. Yes. In order to be like a fully complete. Person. I agree. I'm. I am. Uh, I'm not a Buddhist. I don't aspire to be a Buddhist. I'm not trying to detach from life. Uh, I want to ride this roller coaster. Yeah, for sure. It's a question for Cindy in the comments. Yeah, uh, buddy. Good question. I did. I wasn't sure <laughs> to answer yet. <laughs> so like. I feel like that has to start with what drew me to Quest. Nice. In and of itself. Is that I made a promise to myself in terms of like anywhere that I was going to work, it'd be somewhere where I believe in the company and the mission. And like, I'm also the person who kind of comes into any environment and I'm like very sensitive to environments and like people, I guess. And so coming into Quest, I like saw so many people like happy to like be around each other and together. And even before then I'd like read through the 25 bullet points and like seen like the videos about why you guys started the company. And I just thought it was really great. And I just come from like Lululemon, which is like also a company that's very much about their people. So they're a very people first company. And I was like, Quest is also a very people first company, but here I'll be doing the, like, I guess like 5% of my job at Lulu was like, 
doing our social media and like running community activations and planning events and like doing all these little things. And I love that part so much more than like just the retail aspects of it. And so I found in Quest a place where I could do that like 5% that like really drove me to make it 100% of my job. And then from there, it's also that Quest is such a place where you have the opportunity to follow your curiosities. So that's how I found Inside Quest. And Inside Quest became like my baby. And it was like the only thing that I really gave a shit about. Sorry, not sorry. Um, So I also had like other projects for Quest Nutrition. And like I would do them like great. I would get them done to make sure that I could do all the things that I wanted to do with Inside Quest and continue to grow it. And, like, I would meet with Tom, like, every week. And, like, I had no fucking idea what I was doing because I was like, ah. But, um, you know, it was, like, a lot of, like, trying and failing. And at the same time, it's, like, I never felt like it was, like, well, you suck, get the fuck out of here. It was enough room to, like, grow and, like, keep pushing forward. And so, obviously, there was no other choice to me to continue to, like, you know, grow. And so I feel like impact theory is just, like, everything that, I like love about media and content and social and community and mythology. I like majored in creative writing, so I love storytelling. And so everything fits. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. That's it. All right. Well, All right. we're getting the wrap up sign. That's from it. Jared. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Facebook and IG Live. We really appreciate your guys' questions and engagement. This community is what yeah. we are all about. And that was a perfect answer to end on from Cindy. I love you uh, guys. We love this community. And hopefully, everybody is beginning to understand why we're building this community and what we're trying to do. Uh, so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for engaging and for helping each other. That is the thing that intoxicates all of us. So, thank you guys so much. And by the way, when you share comments, whether it's on IG, Facebook, YouTube, like we share those internally. We talk about those. We have a section in Slack where we share this stuff. Uh, It's incredibly meaningful to hear about your challenges and all of that. And I hope that you guys will uh, learn to appreciate my very blunt delivery. I do not take it for granted when you put yourself out there and you're very vulnerable and you ask a question. My answers are always designed to be the truth, the thing that is going to move you forward and actually help you. Uh, And sometimes it can be hard to hear. But know that we are very, very grateful for the engagement and We wish you guys nothing but power and awesome execution. So we will speak to you soon, my friends. And until next time, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. If this content is adding value to your life, our one ask is that you go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review. Not only does that help us build this community, which at the end of the day is all we care about, but it also helps us get even more amazing guests on here to share their knowledge with all of us. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. And until next time, be legendary, my friends.